Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bowie, and joining me tonight, we have a very special occasion. Uh, my boss, Jay, has dropped by, and we're going to talk a little bit about rankings. Jay, how are you doing? I am no one's boss. I I demand that you tell me a moment when I acted like a boss to you. <laughs> That's true. That's no, never. <laughs> I'm not even a good... Uh, 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 like, what's the saying? Boss of my... I'm my own boss? Yeah, I can't even say that. <laughs> you can't I'm, manage yourself. <laughs> that's like that's a tough one. So. You, ha- you yeah. have you have dropped off uh, friendly suggestions before. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm always a friend, and I'm always willing to suggest. But you know, we try to. I try to keep it uh, uh, very cordial and very professional. But beyond that, yeah, I don't. I don't really get, do a good job bossing around. So, <laughs> well, uh, maybe I maybe I do, and you're just being very very uh, cautious with what you say next so <laughs> no no um, let the listeners decide yeah definitely so yeah it's definitely been a while we had you on i believe uh early on the season we talked a little bit it was me you and zach a little bit but we we never really talk about you know how we do our rankings and uh we had a breakthrough with Rudy this year. Uh, usually it's you who has the incredible rankings. Not saying you're doing bad because I'm pretty sure you're in the 80th percentile at least uh, the last time I checked a couple weeks ago. But Rudy has found a way to, um, you know, kind of buck the system. And he's doing really well kind of playing kind of playing Vegas style, uh, using some Vegas stuff, which is pretty cool. And um, I'm going to have him on next week. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about rankings and I wanted to kind of, you know, um, find out how your season's going and if anything's changed this year with, uh, with how you're doing things. So why don't you just kind of tell the listeners how you start your rankings and just, uh, kind of go from there with how you, how you, uh, pick one player over the other. Sure. I think, you know, actually, I think last season, uh, when when I began feeling like we were doing really well, it, it, for the new listeners who haven't been following Razzball, you know, we've we've always finished. Um, I think my first year, which was four years ago, we finished in the top thirty. I think we were twenty five or twenty four, and then the three years after that, including this one, we've been around the top twenty. The last year was was a little bit special. You know, draft rankings, we finished third, and then the weekly rankings, we finished ninth. And, you know, I can't begin to tell you uh, about my process because, you know, even when I wrote about it, it, w- it became kind of this uh, college thesis slash mea culpa in that it was <laughs> it was essentially 3,000 words of me trying to explain what I do. And when I read it, I didn't even – it didn't even help me figure out how I do rankings. I honestly – It's a beautiful I mess then. <laughs> Yeah, and you know that's why it's so encouraging to see Rudy's system find the success this season. Uh, honestly, I, I feel sometimes at a loss because I don't have. Uh, I mean, I do appreciate analytics. You know, I got into fantasy baseball quite a long time ago just because of the advanced statistics that were becoming available and how we apply them to a game that that we all love. And you know, when I started when I took over football, it's, it's harder than that because of the small sample size. You, you really have some wild variations when it comes to performance and whatnot. And equating that into uh, a consistent rankings accuracy is probably one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. This is obviously, this is, you know, first world problems. Yeah. Um, I'm complaining about ranking players, but honestly, I think my system is just being, uh, I mean, it's, if I were to describe it to someone in, in a short statement, it'd just be like, I'm winging it just from what I see. You know, obviously uh, with Rudy, and he'll he'll go in depth with it when you speak with him, but he has um, a program that he's created that he can adjust, and it it does just so many things that I can't do. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it computes statistics, projections, uh, you know, the injury chance of a player, uh, and, I you know, he'll tell you the magic. I don't understand half of it, but you know, obviously it started last year and, you know, it, it was only inevitable that I was going to get better because all it really needed was data and some adjustment. And, and you know, it even feeds off uh, Rudy's um, Hittertron and uh, Streaminator from, from the baseball website because every single piece of data tells him something and he's able to uh, take it and apply it even to the football side and to the basketball side, by the way, which yeah, uh, yeah. Stan is doing just an amazing job running over there. But, you know, just to get to your question, because I, I realize I'm rambling, but just to say, 
you know, I did write a post on this trying to articulate how exactly I rank. And all I can say is I'm kind of, I take a scout's approach. I, I visually see uh, what I can in, in in each player. I see what they've done in the past. I look at their box score. I take a look at what other um, uh, stats that, that can kind of relate to you what's going on, uh, certain projections. You kind of get a feel of where they are in the expert consensus. And then you just kind of follow the trends. I, I think that's sort of my convoluted way of saying that frankly I, I kind of wing it I just I go with feel I go with how uh, what I do I mean basically I'm, I'm advertising fake news maybe but yeah. it's <laughs> no it's really I, I, I do it the same way I mean I'm still amazed that we do so well because I I'm I have to be honest with myself it's it's quite a crude way uh, of how I rank and so I'm just I'm so relieved that um, Rudy is there, and not just that, but you and Zach have been there all, all year ranking with me because I, I prefer having always uh, a consensus just because I think everything is better when you crowdsource it. Every, you know, you kind of go through a filter, you get rid of the of the wide ends of the spectrum in terms of ranking, and you mm-hmm. kind of find a sweet spot, I think, a median uh, with this type of style. So if anything, I think that's where we're at our strongest. Yeah, because... I ran into something last week where I had a pretty high ranking on AJ Green and just kind of build on what you're saying a little bit. He, he's like, well, I mean, you've been good to me all year with your rankings and stuff. And I am just going to have to trust you on this AJ Green thing, even though he's matched up against Xavier Rose. And I was, you know, I was able to say, look, I mean, we have four other rankers on this site. Like, I appreciate that you uh, trust my content and everything, but you know, you don't have to just depend on me. We have four other rankers on this site and you can just kind of like bounce around with what they have on him too, because, you know, I thought his floor was low and, or I mean, I thought his floor was high and he ended up not having a great day. So maybe he went to a a, a different ranker and um, it was lower. The, like you were, you were Zach had a lower ranking on AJ Green or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's fantastic for four of us to be putting up rankings, and then we have the we have the consensus rankings, and that's that's fantastic where we lump together all of our rankings. And just the one thing I wish I knew how I was doing on uh, as, as opposed to other fantasy uh, pros rankers this year, but. You know, I know that this is my first year doing week to week rankings, so like I've learned a ton just about you know how to approach it and whatnot, and uh, had to work out some kinks. Like it's not as easy as it looks, um, definitely. But um, do you, I don't know if you wanted to talk about your preseason rankings at all, but uh, how do you think you're doing with that so far? As <laughs> well, no, no, well, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, because no, you finished second. Yeah. You finished second overall on Fantasy Pros. Oh, third. Yeah, third. And third, I, I third. can't begin to explain how. I mean, uh, to be <laughs> fair, the, the year previously, I think I was in the top 50s, which I think is actually a reasonable result just because when you're projecting, I mean, when you're creating draft rankings, you have to essentially project the entire year and then be graded on something that you you have the benefit of hindsight hindsight to see how badly you're doing throughout the entire season. I mean, uh, though, uh, there are some events that you can't control that affects everyone, you know, talking about the David Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. and Todd Gurley for a little bit, at least, um, injuries and whatnot, or, or, you know, the fact that, I mean, I, I'm trying not to bring out Hilton, but that was kind of a miss. I also, you know, looking through it, I was pretty high on Demaryius Thomas. Um, I was higher, uh, it looks like on my Tavius Bryant, but I think a lot of people I was were. Too. So I, like I, I was in love lot. with him coming into the season. Yeah, um, I was lower on Stefan Diggs than the consensus. I I, I still he feel kind of had okay that about that. Season, um, so yeah, revving through. Apparently, I liked Willie Sneed a lot. Was... Willie, yeah, he had the four yeah, game suspension at the so beginning. Tall. It, it, I don't even know like how anyone can go back and look at that because it's just got to be so ugly. The one thing that I did get right that I remember off the top of my head is Dion Lewis. Uh, I was higher than most people on Dion Lewis because I just thought he was eventually going to get the starting job. Like I didn't have that much trust, that much trust in Mike Gillisley, but like everything else, like if I looked back, I I swear like I'd probably shut the window in two seconds. I'd be so disappointed in myself. But I mean that's just football. Like it's it's so tough, but um, yeah. Wh- you said yeah. uh, 
the David Johnson injury like hurt a ton of people. I mean, because he was he was a consensus number one, so that's pretty much just a wash. But I mean, someone out there had Todd Gurley ranked in in their top three somewhere, and um, they're reaping in the they're reaping in the benefits. And um, yeah, so what? We have championship week coming up, and I just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit um, because I know the way that you approach things is you you really uh, you watch individual player video and uh, stuff like that. But um, well, didn't and it didn't used to be. You know, I think in past years when I went over my process, what I would do is I would watch the game live on Sunday or as much as I could, and when I couldn't. Uh, you know, it was just red zone, and uh, yeah. you know, I'd have a couple screens going, and then throughout the week, I'd rewatch each game um, as as much as I could, or as many times as I could, if if it was a, a big fantasy game, you know, bit uh, or big uh, fantasy principles on on the teams. But I would try to focus on each game and kind of uh, give give my rankings and analysis from that. But it's just, you know, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, and as, as you know right now, I, I have a pretty busy lifestyle, so I've kind of had to adjust myself uh, in the way I consume uh, football and that I'll, I'll rely more on box scores. I'll rely more a little bit on commentary uh, from the major outlets. I'll rely a lot on just highlights and video just so I can get a feel for what a player is doing, what the defense is doing, you know, how the game plan is, is, is fleshing out on, on that specific play. Uh, and the trends from that but uh, have I suffered from it I I feel like it's a hard question to answer obviously we're not having a great you know a great year as last year but we're still near the top 20 which has always been a goal of mine you know I mentioned that earlier but yeah I really feel like if you're in the top 25 percentile or top 20 percentile it's it's a big shift that you create with your readers you know you feel like you're getting them ahead of the curve Oh, definitely. That's being a guy, uh, let's say, right. If you're reading someone, so I in feel the, like that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're reading someone who's in the top, you know, uh, twenty, that you should be in the playoffs, and then you know you you know enough about the season that you should be able to go from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that top twenty is nothing to like turn your nose up to. So congratulations on another great year. Rudy is ranked number five. Um, I still want to know how he hit the nail on the head with Blake Bortles a couple a couple weeks ago. So I can't wait to talk to him about that. But um, Jay, are we doing a Sunday thread this week? Um, yeah, we're still going to have a championship uh, thread, and then we'll have a week seventeen thread just because some leagues are weird. Even I know some formats that actually go into the playoffs, so we'll be doing playoff uh, rankings as well. Uh, as we've been doing in the past years, too. I know we don't get many views for those, but I still want to make sure no one's out there left cold. Yeah, so. yeah, that's a great idea. You know, maybe I'll do something fun for the playoffs, but I, um, with Christmas and everything, uh, I, I don't think I'll have the, the Monday thread this week. But my, you Yeah, look, there'll be no Monday thread. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely – I don't think anyone would read it anyway. It's Christmas Day. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a really nice boss, but I want you to work on Christmas Day. That's right, exactly right. what I need you to do. <laughs> this is yeah. you no, uh, – I'm being serious. Passive-aggressively being telling serious. me that I need to put up a post. <laughs> yeah. But no, I will have my rankings actually, up. Yeah, even if you submit something to me, I will not post it. I cannot condone that kind of uh, – kind of, uh, I don't even know what I'd call it. Yeah, that and hard work that thing. Yeah, and dedication. <laughs> I won't reward that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, rankings next week. We are going to uh, be hitting the podcast uh, pretty much every week uh, throughout the playoffs. And then we are going to start our uh, our off-season stuff really early this year. Like, I've got – players that I want to talk about that I don't think their situations will be changing too much. Uh, so I can get those out before the draft. And then I want to roll that right into, right into draft talk and, uh, kind of go the same way that we went last year. I want to continue the podcast, uh, with, with guests from other sites, guests from our site and just, you know, keep the content flowing. Uh, keep Rasball oh, at the top and, of your head. Uh... Matt, Westworld two. I mean, see, Westworld season two finished wrapping two weeks ago. That's uh, so amazing. Is now in post production. I know. So we will be talking about we will be talking about Westworld probably this spring. Oh, amazing! I thought I was going to have to apply to ARP before we could start talking about season two. So <laughs> I know. 
it's it's been it's been ridiculous. You know, maybe they'll go uh, Westworld and oh no, Game of Thrones is still like a year away. Ah, oh, what a bummer. Yeah, I know. I bet you they're gonna hit us at the same time and we won't even be able to handle it. <laughs> Just immediate cardiac arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks in, we'll be firing blanks. The ladies know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, all right, all right, all all of your mothers, <laughs> all of your mothers know about yeah. uh, Jay's. I'm just saying Zach blanks. isn't here, so I can be a little, I can be a little, you know, a little freer, a little bit more liberating, you know. So, so Zach, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more libertarian. Uh, Zach's dad really likes my Twitter feed. I, I found out um, the other the other day. So, um, shout out to Zach's dad. I know that you wish. Hey, Zach's dad. I know that you wish I was your son instead of Zach, but you know yeah. Zach's actually. Sorry for sorry for anything we said bad in front of Zach. I I'm I'm feeling self conscious. It's like <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when the it's like when the Me Too movement came out. I didn't quite. Like I had to research my past and just make sure. Like I'm not even being facetious. Like I really oh, had to no, think no, about no. it. Oh no, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, there were many. I mean, I'm millennial. I'm, I'm really. I grew up in the '80s and '90s when you know it, it was a little bit different. And I thought to myself, luckily I cleared myself because under much reflection and the fact that honestly I've been a liberal practically my entire life. So you know, we I tend to kind of have a a, a political moral code that prevents me from acting like a dick to uh, to women. But then I. Have, I had to think about it with Zach too. I, I don't mean to make this political, but no. uh, you knew I was. No, but I'm fine. just saying, in terms of Zach, I had to think to myself, well, now that I know his dad listens, have I ever said or done anything that would, you know, not be appropriate for Zach's dad to know? And and luckily, I hope uh, not. So I guess we'll find out soon enough because you know we know he's a listener. So I, I can totally relate. Like just thinking back, like with everything that's going on, like thinking back into my early twenties, just trying to remember if I was ever like a complete dick to a woman or something like that. And I mean, I've been luck- a dick, but I haven't been right. like uh, a dick, like uh, a jerk uh, off right. in front, jerk yeah. off in front of them, dick. right? <laughs> Or register Republican, you know. So, <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, my 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 thirties are going to be uh, different than my twenties, as far as yeah, my, my political, yeah, well, my partisanship. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it happens to everyone at a certain point. I no one saw. It. No one thought point. it was going to be this so. bad. Yeah, I would the, agree with that. This I think is bad. A worse. Actually, I think if you asked me before the tax bill, I would have argued a little bit but after the tax bill it's just when you, you when you read what it does you just kind of feel sick it's got through so um but beyond that i did want to say to zach's dad uh if there's anything i ever said i apologize thank you for listening to us Zach's dad. thank so, you and make shout sure out to Zach's make sure you keep forwarding this podcast in your emails to all your friends zach's dad and make sure all of Zach's dad's friends are forwarding the podcast to their friends. And it's just a big web of uh, podcast listeners from Zach's dad. I do know I told Zach uh, college comes first in all in all things. So I, I do have that going for me. So Yeah. Good job, Jay. All right. We've got Rudy Gamble on the line now. Uh, you can catch Jay on Twitter at JayRong. Um and that was a great conversation with him. Now we're going to move on to our ranker who did fantastic this year. He finished number five overall on Fantasy Pros this season with, um, I believe, five top two finishes since week seven. And he's the number overall ranker since week seven. We have Rudy Gamble. Rudy, how you doing? I, I, that, doing well, man. I, I, th- I like that precursor. Yeah, put that in quotes. It's gonna be like you know a little bit long. Yeah, but it's like just it's just like maybe like twenty words longer than Apollo Creed's Rocky Three thing, where he's the master <laughs> disaster, and there's like five hundred other different things in there. I, I, you can never go wrong with a Rocky reference, especially on a podcast, because you know people are gonna get it too. Um, <laughs> I think, and maybe Carl Williams is out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Carl Weathers. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Carl Weathers. Oh man, uh, are you a Scrubs fan? Mild. I remember seeing him on that. Wasn't he on there at one yes, point? Yes, yes. That's, that's a... Carl Weathers, right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but we don't. Um, I, we really wanted to get you on because you finished uh, so well this year, and we really want to push people towards subscriptions and i mean we kind of did that this year like we're really pushing people but um people that aren't on twitter 
are probably unaware of just like how well you've done this year. And I just wanted to have a, a conversation with you about not necessarily how you do things because I don't I don't want to give your secrets away, but just kind of your line of thinking and um, how you are able to separate yourself from uh, the rankers who you know as as we talked about on on the line before we started recording who just kind of start with the default rankings and, you know, make a few moves here and there and just try and, well, I like this guy a little bit more, so I'll move him up two spots. Uh, But I got to keep Antonio Brown as my number one wide receiver because he is the best wide receiver, you know, as we kind of said. So I just kind of want to, I kind of want to say, like, uh, how do you get the balls to put uh, Blake Bortles as your as your number one quarterback? I think that's a good place to start uh, that week that you did. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like week 13. I think that was it was against Indy. It was the same week I had Alex Smith number three against the Jets. And that was like that was like the games. Both teams seemed to break out. Alex Smith had like 400 yards passing and Blake Bortles threw for three touchdowns. And all of a sudden, like both teams like changed up a bit. Um, so it all I mean, everything that I've done on for the past two years with fantasy pros is tied to our projection model and so my mode of thinking is that you know that you do the research you understand all the variables for player performance as well as you can you understand that predicting each has its own error rate but you try to come up with like what's the best for projecting past games and then you build that in going forward and then you look for occasional anomalies, the things that might give you agita, like putting Blake Bortles number one. You dig into the components. If everything looks right, you either have two choices. Either you fudge the numbers and you never, you know, and, you know, in I don't know what that accomplishes long term. Or you kind of run with it and... You know, I was having enough success this year, you know, that really gave me confidence that I'm seeing something there. And sometimes the way of thinking is that, well, consensus is, you know, there's wisdom of crowds is one way to view consensus and group think is the other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and um, I think it's a little of both. I think, um, you know, there's, you know, it was funny when I look at, Twitter on things and even like a couple weeks after there's this uh, I saw a few people on Twitter that I like you know that I follow that have even more followers than myself saying things like you know do we really think Blake Bortles is good now and it's like who cares I don't care and the thing is you're going in I'm gonna that anyone's perspective is really skewed by the fact that we've yeah he's been mediocre for three to four years and that's sure mediocre i guess would be a kind word yeah actually it would be (laughs) um right so we're all you know everyone's going in with this preconceived notion and to me you know if you build the model right it's the model's the one that should be tapping you on the shoulder and been like yeah rethink everything you know maybe this guy's better because we're all coming when everyone's perspective is just weighed down by all this baggage of our opinions and when i see things like well is he good or not it's like well that's that's kind of now you're double downing on ego yeah now it's like no well that had to have been a fluke and things must come back to the norm that i feel more comfortable with and it's like i don't know i mean like within two weeks or so like this pat week 16 i think i had blake bortles in the middle um, and some of that just came down to looking at things and being like, you know, the models saying things like your opponent is huge. He had a nice stretch there where he played faced Indy at home, had like had like two or three decent matchups. And um, yeah, it's almost like the league didn't catch up to Westbrook. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and he kind of switched from forcing it into Lee to to then forcing it but even more successful with Westbrook and then once the league kind of caught up with that all of a sudden Keelan Cole became amazing 
<laughs> yeah, and the and the thing is that uh, you, you're on Twitter as much as I am. Like people were all over D.D. Westbrook when he was when he was right when he was when he was about to be off of the IR. People were all over him, so it shouldn't have come as much of a surprise as it did. I mean. Because he he's a good wide receiver, and like we were talking about before we hopped on, like Marquise Lee is a good wide receiver. So it's yeah. like saying it's just all preconceived notions about one single player, and not the matchup. And well, I mean, some the matchup does go into it when you're moving up one or two spots, but you're not thinking about the talent around him. And I mean, you you brought up great you brought up great points, um, and just. I, I do have a follow-up question, um, and you were talking about, you know, preconceived notions a little bit. Is that one of your biggest differences, do you think, since 2016 going into this season as to where maybe in 2016 your model would set it up, but you would be like, ooh, I don't like this guy here. Like, how is, how is it possible that he's ranked all the way up here? Maybe I should move him down a couple spots. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think it was just the, you know, that my feeling was in order to get, I didn't want to be in a place where it was my, um, my unrepeatable genius right. was the reason that I, I was rankings well, that the feeling was I want to invest in a model to, so it's sustainable. Um, so yeah, if I've got a Sunday morning barbecue or something, I could do it mm-hmm. and come up with ways to make sure everything gets updated. Um, so I feel so. Um, 2016 was really just taking my lumps, and it was looking each week and trying to learn and get better. And um, yeah, so it it was kind of like a, a long, you know, a, something like a 22, 23 week climb, I'd say. Yeah, and I week getting better but i don't understand i don't pretend to understand why week four through six i think i was pretty smart and my picks did really poor and then all of a sudden week seven i finished second week eight i finished was something like that like week eight finished one um maybe it was week nine i don't know but somewhere around like weeks things started to to click on the results um but i never doubted the process it was kind of uh i was just lucky i didn't have to go through uh i didn't get fired like sam hinky before i completed the process <laughs> and now That's someone else is reaping the benefits well yeah, we should we should we should we should fire you and then i'll take over the model and then i can you know celebrate it and pop the champagne yeah if you <laughs> if you could understand it <laughs> but yeah so i think um so it's always but i i it went in with that mindset that um if you doubt it go dig in there and try to find something that's wrong and i i mean every week especially in the beginning of the week year there were improvements really you know like something is pivotal or is maybe no duh to someone who's more entrenched in football like yourself things like you know i kind of went in there there was a a a variable that was kind of like how you divvy up uh, running back playing time. Right. And, that was something you were really working on in the preseason uh, with snap right. counts and whatnot. Uh, so snap counts are huge. That drives a lot of, you know, where the projections and stuff like that. So trying to figure out snap counts and this mindset that there's such a thing as first and second down backs and third down backs. Right. The feeling that uh, I, a crowl, you know, generally is going to out snap a Duke Johnson. And then, you know, it's just like one day I'm looking at I'm like, that's a stupid assumption. And suddenly, you know, like, you know, what a guy who's the has a role of, uh, let's say, pass catching back. Mm-hmm. I actually have something along those lines. Like a Christian um, McCaffrey or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he ended up getting enough carries that he balanced out, but he started the year like that. But there's a Duke Johnson, Chris Thompson. Oh, right. Guy. Okay, gotcha. Like, especially like a Chris Thompson where you do not want the guy running. <laughs> right, right, right. That suddenly, instead of having like a ceiling for their playing time and saying like, Chris Thompson can't play more than 30, 40% of snaps, the guy can't run. It just said, okay, well, look at the look at the stupid box score. 
and yeah. and that and that it just created this higher ceiling. Then all of a sudden, you know, like you know, whether it be you know whatever subpar running back the Redskins had pr- with during the Chris Thompson time to the Rob Kellys to the Perines, um, you know, it suddenly just swapped the playing times. It gave Duke Johnson more time and you know McCaffrey more time over Stewart and all yeah that was like I don't know how much that really helped I did finish first in running backs so <laughs> I guess I learned I I made that switch soon enough yeah yeah but, exactly uh, but that thinking that you know every week you can get a little smarter but make sure you're baking that intelligence in so you don't have to because uh, we forget <laughs> yeah and it's and yeah that that you know it should be the goal like I don't know how others rank, and I, I imagine I'm anomalous. Or, well, uh, but I but I, I picture like a lot of people spend, you know, the same like the same amount of time every week doing it. Like, oh yeah, it, it it took me you know um, a, a solid hour uh, oh, to no. to move, That's... or I mean, just you know, moving stuff around and just kind of looking at it, looking at the matchups, and I mean, it should it shouldn't have taken that long. Uh, oh each. no, but I, there there's people spending twenty to forty hours a week. It it should uh, it shouldn't be like that. But I mean, um, well, there's some gains to be had. But I guess my my thing is that yeah, that over time, you know, how do you create a well-oiled machine? And right. if you're basing everything on starting with one or two models in Excel spreadsheets, and then you know reading a whole bunch of news and doing between the lines and trying to get in the minds of coaches and looking at who the what's the cornerback matchup going to be with the wide receiver and does this guy get 50% of the lineups in, of things in the slot versus the versus a wide out like I'm not you know some people that might be their road to success to me I'm looking at that like that's like you're like the Greek myth where you're just continually pushing a boulder up the hill. Right. And I don't, I feel like the name's like syphilis, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's got really not him. Cause that would be like the worst. It's like, Oh my God, I'm put, I have to push up a rock and I've got a, a, a STD. That's like <laughs> the worst. The wonder people converted to Christianity. This Greek mythology stuff's just awful. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Right. So for me, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of um, meticulous. So I was probably spending a little, yeah, I wasn't weaning my time as, as time went on, but I was applying it, you know, I was just digging into more research and redoing things like, oh, I just got a good recommendation for how I should rethink, um, you know, receiver YPA. Yeah, you're, you're, you're rethinking things as a whole. Um, as opposed to, you know, individual investments into a certain storyline, which is a really important aspect of what we're trying to tell our listeners today is that this is completely numbers based. Rudy is not, he's not coming in with a biased opinion. Um, he's just doing the numbers. And I mean, um, things that stick out that people with narratives with preconceived narratives like us as writers that we just we can't help but to battle ourselves uh, with it because like I uh, Blake Bortles uh, the number one overall quarterback like like we had talked about before like I just can't do that um, but what you're doing is different than uh, the fantasy community or people within the fantasy community who you know, they do the bold take and then uh, they miss a lot of the time, but uh, they're the first ones to, you know, claim credit if they're right on, on Twitter and, you know. Yeah, no, and, and it's true. There's definitely a, an industry of the bold take and my feelings like, and that's why, you know, when I thought about, because one of the, you know, there there was there is a metric in Phase Bros, and I, and I write about it in a post that'll come out soon that looks at how different you are versus consensus and it it bore out that i was way for for those in like the top 50 even <laughs> like i was i was like an island in terms of how different i was versus consensus and my first instinct was to say oh my picks are bolder 
but then it's like the more you think about it, it's like being bold has like well one it's got that negative connotation because of like bold takes and 10 bold predictions where if you get three you pat yourself on the back that's Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm going for i'm going to be the most accurate but and then you look at it like well i'm not how like you could call i guess you could look at that blake bortles thing and say that's bold but that it's what the models spit out right right. it's just being honest so to me it's really just about being unique um and that you know like i'm not intending to be out on that island i'll get up until like uh, the second touchdown pass that game, I was not, <laughs> I was not super happy to be that on on Portals Island and and sit, but um, but yeah, that that it, yeah it worked out great and that gives me a that get, that's obviously the easiest narrative when I look back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's easier to say yeah. Remember when I nailed Joe Joe Flacco number seven versus right. consensus fourteen in week sixteen. Chew on that, customers. Right, um, but right. yeah, the portals one and and even Alex Smith that week were were a lot uh, easier. I mean, but, um, obviously, it's yeah. it's bigger than that week, and um, so you did finish number one overall in, in running backs. So, what do you think um, outside of the snap counts? Of why do you think your model was so successful with running backs? Because that's a very important position for fantasy football players to want to be accurate with because there are, I mean, you could, coming into a week on Wednesday when you first start looking at your lineups, you could have five guys on your roster um, that could be fighting for that, or could be fighting for three spots, you know? So why do you think... Why do you think your model was, um, you know, so much more accurate? Yeah, it's. I think, yeah. So it would start with. It, it's kind of a week to week model. So it's it's got a number of you know like, uh, it's creating what a, I'm estimating a player's true talent going into that week, and then it's looking at matchup and expected opportunity, and I think. Um, so for me, the normal thing, you know, I would say the number one thing is I so much is going to be driven by expected volume and that expected volume is going to be driven in part by by the distribution mix within a team and partly within game script and something is let's just say something as simple as favorites are going to run the ball a bit more than usual uh underdogs are going to run the ball a little less so there is Uh, there is a little bit of vegas tied into your uh tied into yeah okay no i well i mean yeah, I mean, one thing that I noticed on others, uh, when I've looked at other projections, you know, like, like that the the sum of all touchdowns should should roughly correlate with with the Vegas projected points total. Mine is mine has some rather strong ties to it. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you try to, you, you one could if you subscribe and you you'd be able to check it be like oh yeah no i i see where that goes and i've seen other cases where it doesn't um you know so um so yeah touchdowns are huge um i mean it's it's crazy when you look at um particularly projections which are um a lot closer together especially for like quarterbacks you know the projections are a lot closer than the actuals right because you never project you can't project more than like one interception so guys three interceptions you can't project that you can't project cam newton getting four tds like over two is like massive. no the high the highest you ever see in a prop bet is uh three and a half and that's in a cupcake matchup oh yeah that's crazy so so imagine you have all these all these quarterbacks combined like flattened and the differences are before you do touchdowns and the differences are you think Brady throws for 280 and Alex Smith for throws for 230. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say Bortles is hanging out there. And then it's like, okay, well, then you layer in running, which you know people think is a fluke but isn't. <laughs> like it's a fluke when Kirk Cousins gets two rushing touchdowns. It's not a fluke when Tyrod Taylor and Bortles and even Alex Smith consistently get 15 to 20 yards, which is – as you know, like the equivalent of like 50 passing yards because it's, because it's all looking at the consistency of it. Yeah, And it's, and it's, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously someone like a Mariota, that was probably his thing that killed him this year that he got injured and, you know, 
that yeah. game, that part of his game was lost. And so killed you, Russell Wilson the season before. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then the um, so I'd say that, and then you've got the touchdowns. So like, even if like let's say you consider like a Blake Bortles to be an average, and that's an a, an average play for the week. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, oh, okay, maybe he runs a little bit more, he passes a little less. That's fine. But if Jacksonville's like projected as like the top five point scoring teams, that's not going to impact his touchdowns. <laughs> no, yeah. First, like I, you could, I mean, say what you will about like a, a you know a, a Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> right? So he's Garoppolo, getting tons yeah. of press. He, and now that last game, week sixteen, was a complete out of nowhere point explosion. But the previous three games, yeah, yeah they won. They didn't even they they were just a field goal machine. They didn't score any touchdowns. So so in that case, the the point expectations were right three of four, and Garoppolo's um, uh, fantasy point totals were depressed. Even even so, even if you bought, he's a great quarterback. It they, still doesn't mean he's a great fantasy point quarterback. Like if you put him on New England, he'd he'd probably be a top five quarterback. Well, I mean, in standard scoring for a quarterback, one touchdown yeah. is a hundred yards uh, passing. Right. So yeah, the touchdowns play such a huge role. So so when he threw I, for two ninety seven against the Bears, and they ended up with fifteen points, I, I'm pretty sure that's a game you were talking about just yeah, now. Yeah, I think it's like twelfth or something. Like yeah, it, and yeah, so that's I mean, so and and the two ninety seven was probably close to best case. You know, if maybe they, you know, like and you know, maybe if they had got a you know a, a two touchdown lead they would have ran the ball more who knows but um yeah so i think it, it's it's just looking at you know looking at it kind of um as unbiased as possible and that yeah so i think you know the, it's pretty much every position just trying to look and um yeah that that i see consistent like inefficiencies in the market that like the there's totally conventional wisdom out there there's definitely wisdom of crowds you know no but um but the rankings tend to be pretty sticky um and then yeah which is just crazy because the res- the end results of a given week are so out there yeah like it's not uncommon to see like drew Brees like yeah you know, well he finished like 20th in the bottom like he didn't finish in the yeah. top 20 last week he didn't even have that bad of a start <laughs> no, but, and I mean, once you get past, once you get a decent sample size, you can start factoring that in. Like, okay, Alvin Kamara, and once Adrian Peterson was traded, like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are getting such and such touches each game, and that's this amount of the plays that they're running on offense. Like, how high is Drew Brees' ceiling really? And I mean, you can really start um, separating yourself by you know, not going with the group think, uh, mentality and, you know, slipping him back a little bit, not having him in your top five every week. Right. And and I'd say like, yeah, for running backs, I mean, some of the things I was seeing is that, yeah, that there, like, there is almost no reason this year not to have Le'Veon Bell number one every week, given his volume, mm-hmm. given that clearly, you know, they're going to work, work, you know, let him become a free agent and like die on someone's doorstep. <laughs> well, clearly they're going to, this is an offense that can score, so they're going to end up on the inside the five yard line sometimes. Oh, yeah, but, and who are they going to give the ball to? Right, and yeah, and, and and scoring touchdowns for running backs tends to be a bit random. There is roles, but I mean, yeah, but yeah, they could happen a little crazy. But that so someone like Le'Veon Bell had such locked in volume, but to me, like the mistakes that I, you know, the, the times where I'd be different and I'd kind of like wonder why. I think like one of the guys was Joe Mixon, who I'm a Longhorn fan, and and a Me Too fan, so I do not <laughs> like Joe Mixon. Right. But I could tell you the guy is talented. Like he he could run, he could catch. You know he, he he's like a dual threat running back. He's not that different than you know the skill set of like a a Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. Right. Right. You know, so let's just say he's he he hits on everything except yeah well uh, having an actual off- yeah right so, yeah so, oh, oh I, I see you slipped that in it's all the boxes <laughs> especially if a box is a woman yeah, um, yeah. So, but um but people were like oh this guy's garbage because he had like a 
you know, a 15 carry, 35. Well, his game. offensive line is in Cleveland now. Whitworth, Whitworth. No, they let they let Andre uh, Andrew Whitworth go to uh, Cleve the Rams. Oh, and then yep. they let someone go to Cleveland. I'm pretty sure. Like they they yeah, got rid that's of. That's brutal. You get out of Cincinnati, you go to Cleveland. It's like, <laughs> uh, you can't. That's like, oh yeah, let me let me send you to another corridor of hell. Yeah, um, that's that's a guy that I I was all over this year in. You know, I kind of ignored the offensive line, um, and it's weird because I've been watching uh, well, how that's a long difference versus week to week. That yeah. I agree that, and so yeah, that's one huge distinction. Like I don't, I I I'm gonna guess my season long projections and ranks don't do super well. No, yeah, that but, would make sense. And yeah, and I'll, I'll be better next year. But right. that's like it's it's another one of those take their lumps. I know I had like. Tyreek Hill like super high I got but for every one of those it was like oh Terrell Pryor oh that's (laughs) gonna hurt so yeah like how did I not how did I have Antonio Brown like so low you know like how did I miss how did I like screw up chalk that bad um so yeah so that but from like the week to week thing it was like okay well suddenly like in a certain type of game and I mean, my f- things are factoring in things like run defense. Who who's going to play that game for the defense? So there's there's a lot of advanced stuff in there. I just don't really feel like belaboring it. No, but yeah, like there's yeah. games just like Joe Mix. I, I like they're not giving the ball to Jeremy Hill and Bernard. Didn't took a concussion before Bernard got back in there. Um, but um, yeah, so I found like there's there's those kind of mistakes and. There's there's the ones where you're wrong, like it was process was wrong, and I would say like, yeah, there was a week or two where I was ahead of the game on Joe Mix, and he got it, the game he got injured. I think he was gonna crush it. Yeah, he got like 40 yards. He got concussed, and then Bernard came in for like 80. Yep, and it was just like that was those were, like, those were your yards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you should get you should get some type of bonus for that. Right. Um, just like but, half of half the yards or something. And so that, so that, like, if someone where others maybe had them lower, to me that was a process mistake. And when those would happen to me, I'd rethink the process. Right. Where when Jonathan Stewart gets three TDs, I could live with that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I guess you're brilliant at DFS game theory if you think up that one. But in general, yeah, Jonathan Stewart has a really, really low ceiling. And he's the only, you know, I think he probably only provided value a, a hand, you know, in games he had the touchdowns. And I think there's I one think game. He had, I think he had uh, two or three useful fantasy days all season. But, right. And that, and that's, I mean, like, but the reality is like, yeah, you know, yeah, he'd be a poor bet. I mean, he, he's generally the, the worst bet on his team, the lesser bet on his team. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So that those are, you know, kind of things like, you know, Rethinking any time that you get the process wrong, you know, you and try to get if you get the snaps as good as possible and the rush distribution as good as possible on the targets as good as possible for like the running backs, and then you know, ideally figuring out touchdowns. So there's a number of different variables that go into it, but at the end, yeah, you spit out, and there's gonna be certain things that make a ton of sense and other things that you're just like that you learn, right? Yeah, it's uh, all. It's all a learning process, and I think uh, your model made incredible improvements this year. And uh, one would think that it, it'll grab right on next year and perhaps have success earlier in the season than it did this year and uh, really yeah, really make a push for that number one spot. No, I mean, like, weeks one to three, it was pretty good. So, I mean, I think I finished top 30 each of the weeks. So okay. that it was okay. – I didn't start – you know, like, if anything, I felt like the first couple of weeks I'm at an advantage because I might be looking at last year through better eyes. Okay. And that you'd, you'd think that, yeah, that, you know, there's a, a leaning toward in season stats that the default would have. So I, yeah, I, I'm still kind of, yeah, no. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe I'm going to take a vacation on week four next year and be like, okay, let's make <laughs> good for the next three weeks. What, what was that? What what the hell did you put in there? But on week four, that screws everything up. No, yeah, I get it. 
yeah, but you do have. I think I believe your piece is coming out um, either the day that this podcast drops or the next day because this is coming out on Thursday. Um, so yeah, look for that Thursday or Friday. And, uh, you know, really get some detail about uh, what Rudy's thinking is. And, I mean, we're, we're trying to help you. And uh, Ru- subscribe to Rudy next season or uh, look into a streaminator for baseball. Um, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, not just tooting his horn because he's here, but, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. So, I w- no, no, I'll tell you, yeah, the thing is, yeah, with the tools that you're getting, you're, you know, while you might not see all the variables that go in because I feel like, that's not a valuable use of either of our times. What you're getting is you're seeing all the end stats. It's yeah. not, you know, so, you know, while, you know, you you can get some great rankings from the team, uh, you know, Jay, Matt, Zach on, on, you know, general rankings. If you want to see those general rankings for S for standard versus PPR and see actual point totals and see the components um, and then have it ready for DFS and with an optimizer ready to go, that's where the tools come in. And uh, yeah, I think we're, we 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 finally saw the payoff in football, basketballs, you know, already um, firing on all cylinders. And yeah, before you know it, baseball season starts. I've I don't really have an off season anymore. I know you're you're full time all year round. Like the British Empire, the sun <laughs> never goes down on my robots. <laughs> my, my robot empire. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to uh, tell everybody before we let you go? Uh, maybe your Twitter handle. Oh, at at Rudy Gamble. At and Rudy. you can, and, oh. yeah, and Rudy at Rasball is the email address. So not trying to be uh, too mysterious. All right. Yeah, you can reach him on all platforms on your laptop or cellular phone device. Don't me. I'm on Facebook, but I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, it's like... I'm friends with you on Facebook, and your Facebook is just your tweets. It really is, and then you can respond. To it. I won't go on to Facebook to respond. So, <laughs> so Twitter, I just say fuck Twitter, you, Rudy. Twi- uh, Twitter, Twitter is kind of the best way. But if you subscribe, and you, you should use, you could use the comment. Yeah, you know, the projection pages and comment right there. So you could just keep on refreshing. You don't have to leave that. Our little cocoon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. We will be back next week. Uh, with a little bit of a playoff football preview for you guys and uh the fantasy season's over so now let's uh let's have a little fun all right thanks for joining us all right let me uh stop the recording i should have said